learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and this is season six, episode two, entitled Make a Difference with Crystal Swain Bates. Be sure to go to NicoleWalker.net backslash blog to check out Crystal's bio and learn more about her and her business. Okay. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. All right. So let's get started. We would love to know all about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Ooh, that's a long question. All right. Let me get comfortable. <laughs> okay. So I guess before I even begin, um, kind of the main thing I do is that I'm a full-time author. And so if we back up, we go way, way back. When I was in elementary school, I actually wanted to be an author. Like if you had met me back in the day and you asked me, I would have said I wanted to be an author. And so I kind of read a lot of books and I wrote a lot of things as a kid. But once I hit college, I was like, mm, I don't think this creative writing thing is going to work for a degree. <laughs> so I didn't do journalism. I didn't do anything like that. Instead, I actually did international affairs. Oh, wow. So it doesn't, you know, the two don't really correlate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, for me, it was the best major because I love to travel. Um, it involved a lot of reading and writing. So that fit very well. And that led me to a career that took me overseas. I've worked for the CIA. I've kind of done it all. But the one thing that I hadn't done still was I hadn't written a book. So you know how you get to a point in your life when you're like, you're checking off those boxes, like, all right, I bought a house, you know, I've lived overseas. I was just checking off box after box. And then I was like, man, I still haven't written my book. Mm -hmm. Haven't written anything. So I actually, uh, in 2012, I met a, I met a resolution, my resolution. I do them every year. Resolution was to move home to Atlanta, um, quit my job, <laughs> start a publishing company and publish six books in that first year. And I did it. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to digress from the script a little bit. So what, were you not happy with the international? Like, Oh, what were you doing? I mean, I'm just, well, I love my job. Like I, I, had, yeah. I had a dream job. I loved it. Um, and I will say the only thing is after a while, I kind of felt like I wasn't really making a difference. Okay. So kind of what my job was just in a nutshell, <laughs> I can't really talk about too much, but in a nutshell, um, I wrote a lot of papers um, about international affairs, and those papers got sent to policymakers. Mm -hmm. So your hope was that, all right, I hope President Obama sees it. You know, yeah. I hope it makes it to the presidential daily brief. And I would say that happened once or twice. And even then, it's kind of like, okay, somebody read my analysis, but I don't know if anything is changing in the world. I don't know if anything's happening. Whereas, you know, with the books, 
because I started out writing, and I actually still do, writing books for and featuring Black children, I felt like, okay, if I can write one book that showcases Black characters, you know, as the star and not the sidekick, and one child can see themselves in a book and feel better about themselves, then I'll know that I'm having a real impact Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to see it. So very quickly, I was able to meet people, meet parents, meet kids and see the impact I was having on them. But I was never unhappy at work. Never. I I love my job. But I just kind of woke up one day and felt like, man, I really, I just had a pressing desire to do mm-hmm. that one thing that I'd never done, you know, because I didn't do it because I was a little afraid. You know, you hear about these careers and things and it's like, authors don't make money. I don't want to be a starving artist. Like that's not really my style. Mm-hmm. So you try to do what is the smart thing. And I love the steps that I've taken. I think it, it all worked out perfectly. But as far as uh, just, I'm just going to be a full-time author. I didn't know it was possible. Didn't know it was possible. (laughs) Wow. I love that story. I love that. And you said something, I feel like that's very key, right? It's like we pick whatever career we choose, you know, go to college, pick whatever career, sometimes based on money, sometimes based on, you know, what our family tells us or what someone in our family may have done or what we see our friends doing or what have you, right? But then... It comes to a point where if you really want to, what do they say, live instead of exist, right? If you really want to live, it mm-hmm. comes to a point where you feel like, am I impactful? You know, is this meaningful? Is this feeding my soul, right? So I yeah. love that you actually did go down that path and found what feeds your soul. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing as a child? You said that you actually wanted to be an author from a a child, but, you know, like, what kind of upbringing did you have? Um, So I was raised with my mom and my sister, so single-parent household, and when I tell you that I had the most amazing childhood, like, I know a lot of people have stories that are opposite, but I'm like, my childhood was off the chain, like, (laughs) everything, you know, and, and you know, not from a rich background, just, you know, middle-class family. Um, My mom worked um, in IT, so she, you know, that's a fairly, that's actually pretty good (laughs) um, job, you know, so, um, you know, raised in a home, and anything that I wanted, especially from an educational perspective, like, I wasn't that kid that was, like, out wanting to play and stuff. I was the kid that just wanted books, So literally, I would just be at home, I would be reading, I would be in bed, you know, under the covers with a flashlight trying to read. And my mom was like, you're gonna, you're gonna mess up your vision. And I did, like, I wear contacts now. (laughs) Um, But literally, there was never a moment when I asked my mom to get me a book, and she didn't get me a book. Like, a part of our things that we were, that we did, like, every year we would go to this, um, it's like a book fair that takes place at a mall, a local mall here. And we would go and there would be no budget. Just get what you want. And we would come back with like 50 books. And so that's the upbringing I had. Uh, My mom did not, she did not make us really do a lot of chores. Um, We didn't have to get jobs. She didn't want us to have jobs. Like as we got a little older, high school, for example, she said that our priority was to get good grades. Focus on education. So, you know, every we have to like, here, wash some dishes, 
But even that, we hardly, my sister and I, we hardly did that. But my mom did everything. And to this day, I don't know how she did it, but she did everything. Um, she really uh, wanted to make sure that we were able to see the world. So at 14, I went and I lived overseas um, as a host student in France. Oh. And she covered the cost of that. And then when I graduated from high school, my gift for high school graduation was a trip to France with her and to meet my host family and the friends that I made. It had been a couple of years since I'd seen them. So um, very supportive household. My mom never, there was never a time that she listened to my dreams and said, oh no, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, there was never a time. So any, anything I wanted to do, she was absolutely super supportive. Um, and I will say rest in heaven because I lost my mom a couple years ago. But even in the hospital, she was telling the nurses, my daughter is an author. Here, you got to get her books. Baby, you need to bring her some of these books. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that was my, uh, my upbringing. I love that. I love that story. And thanks for sharing. And sorry to hear about your mom. She sounds like an amazing woman, right? Yeah. I love how, like when you hear people's stories, like I love the shaping, right? Like the fact that all you, you grew up with books and the whole, you reminded me of like, that was like TV to me. I remember the TV shows where the kids would be under the covers with the flashlight, you know, when I was growing up. So I just love, and that's the whole reason why I asked that question is just to see the shaping, you know, and to paint that picture yeah. is that like where we end up is really from the seeds that are planted along the way. And when we take a moment and kind of take a broad look at it, it's like, oh, wow, this wasn't by happenstance. Like this all was, yeah. was a seeded and the harvest is coming to be or has came to be. So I love that. And mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing. And I love your yeah, mom. But I feel you. like the whole inspiration, right? Like a lot of people grow up with parents that talk down to them and tell them, you know, they can't be this and they can't do that. And then you wonder why they live the life that they live, you know? So this right. is just a true example of if we give our kids empowerment, right? They will be empowered and we'll be amazed at what they turn out as. So Yeah. You. And I love that question. I've never had anybody ask me that before. Um, but I think it's such a good question because just like you said, we don't really think about how those things shape us. But I know that I don't really do anything. Um, I don't do a lot of things. You know, people just won't do something because they're afraid. Or, you know, their self-esteem is so low. They're afraid they might not. They might get a no. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do, I just do it. And I do it because I have that confidence that my mom, you know, helped me get. <laughs> and I, I'm not afraid um, to do something I've never done before because she always told me like the worst thing somebody can tell you is no, like just a simple, no, it's just a word. So if you try to do something and somebody doesn't like it or doesn't want it, okay, well move on and do something else. So, um, yeah, great question. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. So can you tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today? If that's Ooh, a pivotal point. Um, I think the second part is the most important, how it shaped who I am today. Because the pivotal, the pivotal part would have been my mom. Okay. But I won't say that it shaped who I am today. So I'll go back. And I think it was um, what I just mentioned, which was teaching, uh, not teaching English in France. I taught English in France, but prior to that, I lived with the host family. So I think that was the pivotal moment for me um, because I didn't know anybody else 
that had been overseas. Mm-hmm. I did not, um, you know, I never really heard about kids, <laughs> especially black kids, like going to France and stuff. I'm like, I didn't know you could do it at 14. My sister did it, you know, but she was a senior and it was just for a trip. It wasn't like a whole, you know, that she was in college. So yeah. Yeah. So that was the moment for me. Cause that's kind of that age where you're still trying to figure things out. You know, you're not so grown that you already have decided what you want to do you know, but you're not so young that you're still like, you know, you're, you're not aware of what the opportunity is. So that was a big moment for me because one, that was my first time going overseas and that shaped everything for me because once you go, you know, they say, once you go black, <laughs> you don't go back once you go international, you don't go back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you see, you might've thought the United States or wherever you live was your world. It's your entire, for a lot of people, their city, a lot of people never even left Atlanta. You know, but to, to go somewhere else and experience a totally different culture, see so many beautiful things and meet so many interesting people, then you're like, okay, um, this is just one country, a whole bunch of other countries, and it makes you want to keep going and traveling. And I think it also um, helps you realize the importance of being open-minded. Mm-hmm you know, trying different foods, um, not turning your nose up because somebody does something different, you know, differently than you. So that was a big moment for me. And that's what ended up leading me to doing international affairs. I have a master's degree now in international affairs. Um, I speak French. That has opened up a lot of doors for me. So yeah, that was the biggest, biggest moment for me. Thanks for that. I love that. And my sister is funny because my sister started the family off with traveling and she did it in high school. Right. And she's my youngest sister. Mm-hmm. So um, I know what you mean just by vicariously living through her and by her then influencing the rest of our family to actually yeah. travel international. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. So this is what you would consider to be a typical interview question, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your what you consider to be your strengths and your weaknesses, or maybe your greatest strength and weakness. Strength. Let's see. Um, I would say biggest strength. I'm gonna name a couple. Okay. Um, one will be, and I get this from other people telling me this. I'll say one is just um, just personality. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I. I'm a person that's easy to talk to and that can be really important just in navigating life <laughs> when people feel comfortable talking to you they'll open up to you and it just you know changes things so um, I'll say personality I love to have fun and I think these days people take themselves so seriously you know and it's just like get over yourself come on <laughs> so personality um, um my ability to adapt to all different types of situations. So I can really, you know, I feel like I can fit in, in a different, you know, number of places. Um, and then my, my third one will be that I, I can't, is hustle, is hustle mentality? Is that a good strength? Is that a strength? Um, I, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of how, how do I, how do I want to say it? But basically, um, I just, I just work harder than a lot of other people. And you, to do that, you have to sacrifice a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just, to me, it's a strength because I know a lot of the things I've accomplished have been because I was able to say, no, I'm not going to come out and play this weekend. I'm going to do some work, 
you know, no, I'm not about to binge watch the latest show on Netflix. I'm about to do some work. I'm about to work on some books, you know, build my business. So for me, that's a strength, I guess, kind of not letting peer pressure, you know, um, keep me from prioritizing the business. So those are, that's my strength. Um, weaknesses. I would say, one, I'm just a creative and because I don't know if you've heard that, you know, creatives, we, we, we are, I know. <laughs> we're tight. Um, and so because of that, I'm very spontaneous and I don't like to keep a, um, I don't like to book stuff really far in advance. Like I don't like to have to commit to stuff, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's weakness. Um, I don't like to be constricted by like time and people's rules. Mm. Um, so I don't even know how to explain that one, but I just like to, that's why for me, owning my own business works so well because I can wake up when I want to wake up. If I want to work all night, which I usually do, <laughs> I usually work all night from like, you know, 11 PM midnight until maybe nine or 10 AM. And then I go to sleep and then I get up whenever I want based on my calendar <laughs> or whatever. So, um, I, yeah, yeah. I'll say okay. those things. So that sounds like a, I would say, you said you don't know how to call it. I would say like a free spirit, sound very free spirited, right? And that's yeah. so funny you said that as far as like staying up all night, because I'm like just trying to make myself sleep at night, right? Because I'm the same way. Like for some reason, that's my best hours to get the greatest work done. But yet, science tells you that's not the right thing to do, right? We need to sleep. So, you know. <laughs> anything wrong with it like you know I read this book called uh the miracle morning where it's like you know just get up an extra an hour earlier like you know everybody says most successful people they just get up early but I'm like I'm already up like I'm up <laughs> during these times so I feel like you need to work when it works best for you not based on what society says if you're not a morning person don't get up when I get up in the morning because I do have to get up you know to do things I get up in the morning and I need to work I'm just at the computer like this but I can't think but at night, I have the most energy. Um, so it's my favorite time. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I love it. Okay, let's see. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do to improve yourself or keep yourself on the cutting edge uh, personally and professionally? So, like, what do you do to maintain you? Yeah. Um, so I would say one well, one, I surround myself with um, like-minded people. So a lot, especially I would say in the past two years, my Facebook feed has gone from like just trash to like people actually talk about stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ew, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's because I've surrounded myself and I've met a lot more um, people who are running various types of businesses and it's just you know they say uh, one of the things we love to say in one of, in one of my groups is um, the conversation is different when you sit with winners mm. and it is people are talking about different things and so like I just I like to be I want to be around people who are smarter than me yeah. you know I've spent a lot of time being um, the smartest person in my circle and it's not to brag, but that's what it was. They looked at me as like, Crystal's so smart. I don't want to be the smartest person. Like, let me be around somebody else that's smarter than me so I can learn something from them. So that would be the number one thing that I've done that's been the best. Because um, I also feel like you can get that shortcut 
wouldn't say shortcut, but we'll, we'll go with it to success by learning from somebody else's failures mm-hmm. and their successes, you know, um, outside of that, I'm a part of a business mastermind. So same situation, you know, we're training together, um, and we just become friends and we learn about each other's businesses. Uh, and then I read, I do, I do. I don't get to like sit down like with a book as often as I used to, but I have audible. So, you know, I'll, I'll, while I'm working at night, I'll put on, um, audible, put on a book and it's a business book and I'll listen to it and like, okay. And that's, there's always a nugget that I'm going to take away from it. And then probably the last thing, um, I love podcasts. I love podcasts. Anything that you want, if I want to learn about Facebook ads, all right, I want to run some Facebook ads. I go to podcast, my uh, podcast app. I type in Facebook ads. Oh, okay. Let me see. Cool. Let me listen to this one. Now let me listen to this one. Free education. (laughs) Yeah. So I I like to always be learning. Um, I love to always be learning because it's just like, why, why would you not? I just don't understand. I think you can't, you have to always want to improve yourself, even if it's just 1% every month or every, you know, be improving yourself. Like, well, who wants to just sit and, and be still? No. Yes, I love that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. And I can, it's so funny, I can totally relate to that as far as, you know, being the smartest person usually in the room or in a group, you know, and after a while, like you said, it's like, okay, this is cool, but how am I supposed to grow? Right. Like, what about me? You know? Uh, so definitely understand and can relate to that and do know that, you know, that's not bragging It's you know, it's a fact, right. If that's what the situation is. So I love that. And I, I love how, you know, you were able to change your circle and yeah. And continue to grow, right? That's awesome. And thanks for the tips as far as how to stay on the cutting edge, right? I love yeah. that. Okay. Important. So you talked about the book, The Morning Routine, but is that the last book that you read or listened to? And if not, can you tell us what what was and what it was about? No. Um, it's called um, The Ultimate Sales Machine. Okay. And so again, a business book. Um, and this one, I haven't gotten extremely far, um, but it's basically about identifying, I would say maybe um, like there are seven key things that need to work really well in the business. And like, it talks about learning what those things are. And just, if you just optimize those things, your business will improve. You know how we're always trying to like look for that next shiny object <laughs> you know, shiny object syndrome. It's like, no, if you actually just focus on a couple of things, you can improve um, your business. So that's what I'm currently listening to. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Not, not that exciting. <laughs> no, but that's good though, because I mean, I am a person that does or has, look, I'm not, I'm speaking the past, right? I'm a big manifester, right? So I don't want to claim it, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a person that has had a shiny object syndrome, right? It's like, oh, all over the place, you know, and you can't really get a footing, right? If you're all over the place. So I think that that's, you know, a great thing to read more about and learn more about so that you can be stable, focused, and, you know, actually show up at 100%, right? Because I feel like if you're always looking here, there, 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 you're never showing up anywhere at 100%. So that's, Right. You'll never master any of the things that you actually need to master 
So it's kind of like, if you know email marketing gets you, you know, a lot of sales or whatever, okay, master that. Like, don't just do it at 30%. Like, you know, it works. So what do you, how can you improve it? How can you look at the metrics? Um, one of the next books I want to read, or I guess on the topics is about habit building. Um, I've read that a lot of leaders have these habits that they do every single day. Now, as a, again, as a creative, I don't know if it's going to work for me, <laughs> but I want to try it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe there are two habits and it could be something as simple as, you know, like writing down at night before you go to sleep, writing down, all right, what are the three, the top three things I want to accomplish tomorrow? So I want to try, just try and see if that works out for me. So yeah, but, but it's always that strive, um, you know, the pursuit of, of perfection. You know, what is that? The Lexus motto? I don't know, but I know one that I like where it goes, uh, you aim for perfection and you get excellence, right? Yeah. Perfection is a myth, right? It's exactly. not a such thing. So yep. if we aim for perfection and uh-huh. we develop an excellence, which is what we need to do not only for ourselves, but also for our clients, for the people that right. are following us, watching us, admiring us, learning from us, you know, whatever, whoever, whomever, you know, and, and that, that's what I like to, cause I suffer with, um, or have suffered with perfectionism. Right. And that is, has kept me from, it can keep you from moving forward a lot of times. Right. So yeah. that's something that you don't want to get stuck in and just yep. be okay, you know, with, Oh yeah, I'm trying, but I'm okay with this and let me, let me get moving. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I've gotten away from that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So do you believe in personal affirmations? Do you use them? Um, I don't use them. No? I won't say that I don't believe in them. I think people, you know, do what works well for them. Um, but no, I've never, I've, you know, I've looked at them. I've read, I've seen, you know, lists of them, but they don't really do anything for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So different folks, different strokes yeah. for different folks, right? Because it's like what you were just saying as far as the top three things to do the next day. Like from all of the interviews with the different women from She Leads Podcast, one of the previous questions I used to ask was, tell us about a productivity tip, right? And a lot, some people would say, you know, write three things, your top three things, right? Some people would say, write a master bucket list of things and then you pick things from the list for your particular days you know uh some people would say other stuff that I can't remember right now off the top of my head right but it's all about finding what works for you and working it you know so everything won't be for everybody and that's okay right (laughs) yeah 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 all right so let's see so can you tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you overcame this struggle um Toughest struggle. Well, I think it's what we just mentioned. So, um, you know, perfection, wanting everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because I did for a long time. I I was just always that person. Like, if I turned into paper at school, yeah, I knew it was perfect. Like, there were no typos. You know, like I knew. <laughs> um, and I would say that once I wrote my first book, or one of my first books, I was afraid to publish it. And my mom read it as she read everything that I did. And she was like, Crystal, you need to put this book out. And I was like, I don't know, because 
I don't know, like maybe somebody won't like it or maybe there's something wrong. Maybe I missed something. Um, and she finally convinced me that if something was wrong, you know, that I could always put out another edition. And just by her saying that, I don't know why in my head that is what I needed to hear for it to work. And I was like, oh, you're right. That Publishers do that all the time. And so I published that book and never had to go back and change anything. And from seeing that, like, wow, I was literally in here, you know, shaking at the thought of publishing this book. And I published it and nothing happened. People got it and they loved it. And I never did have to go back. I feel like that helped me get over that. Um, I will say I do still, when I put things out, especially because now I'm a lot more visible. Like when I was first starting out, nobody knew who I I was. So I could, you know, publish something, put something out there. Nobody really knows. Um, but now it's kind of like, I do feel that pressure for things to be, well, her, her other books are really good. You know, I expect this next one to be like, you know, that's good or if not better. Um, but yeah, that's, that helped me really get over that, you know, the need for everything to be perfect because really nothing will ever be perfect. And when I read other people's books, um, major, major uh, novelists, I see plenty of mistakes. You know what I mean? Like lots of things are wrong and that's not stopping anything. So, you know, now I just kind of go with the done is better than perfect. And that's really, really helped me, um, in the past year as I've kind of tried to go out and launch new things, didn't really know what I was doing, even starting a Facebook group. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just did it. And, and I think being authentic when you're doing these things makes it better. So I was, you know, I was going live and I wasn't trying to act like I was perfect. I'm like, Hey y'all, can y'all see me? Is the light enough? Oh, wait a minute. Oh Lord, something wrong. Wait a minute, y'all. Like being able to laugh at myself, um, makes it a lot less scary because then people see you're a real person. Like I'm a regular person at home, just trying to do this thing and get it right. So once I started thinking with that mentality, it's actually fun now because I don't feel that pressure of having to be perfect because people don't, if, if somebody, I want to inspire other people to be able to follow their dreams. And if they want to write a book, I want them to be able to write a book. And so that means they have to see me as a real person. They can't see me as a unicorn, a perfect unicorn. Cause that means that now this is not attainable because they, they don't resonate with me. So I want them to know I'm regular. I'm just like you. <laughs> and yeah, by things not being perfect, I feel like that can even help you get that across so okay thanks for that I feel like you were talking to me honest (laughs) with a lot of stuff you know I'm like all right okay (laughs) but thank you (laughs) you go back and you watch like my very first uh live videos in my group because I'm not a person that in my normal life I'm not just on social media like that like but I'm literally struggling but it was okay. I was like, but did I do it? Yes. Did y'all learn something? Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Getting over the fear or mm-hmm. just whatever inhibitions that we have and letting that go. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us about a leadership principle that governs your life or kind of what your guiding light is as far as leadership and how you lead yourself or how you lead others? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, that is a tough one. I'll probably say 
I, I would just say being very open, um, very open um, with my expectations. Mm. Um, and then I, I would also say managing expectations. So managing other people's expectations of me <laughs> and then managing their expectations as well. So, um, and then managing my expectations. So for as far as from a leadership perspective, I just think it's important to make sure that you're having these open conversations. Um, you're not trying to hide things or pretend, you know, that, that something doesn't exist, like addressing the elephant in the room. Yeah, that's it. Just open communication. Okay. I feel like, you know, especially from some of my past um, jobs, I don't know. I always kind of felt like if there, if there was something, you know, or hmm, I don't know, my, my boss is acting a little, you know, it's because we needed to have a talk and they didn't want to say something or they, you know, trying to hide something or whatever. But it's like, if we just talked about it now, it's like, oh, you misunderstood me. I misunderstood you. Or um, there was just, you know, just a complete total miscommunication surrounding something else. But it's just so much of it is about communication. And that's whether you're talking about, you know, as a leader um, in a relationship with your friends, it's just communication. So, yes, yes, yes. Well, yes, again. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, yes. I, my the pastor at my church today, like that's what the topic was about communication and how that causes, you know, so many issues. And I have lived that. I have experienced it. You know, I have been on the yeah. giving and the receiving end. So I definitely yeah. agree. Okay. So, do you have a resource that you use or that you know about that will help? Uh, one of the ladies listening either personally or professionally and can you share with us Ooh, a resource what kind of resource oh, i don't know whether it's for writing a book whether it's for managing your business whether it's mm. for managing your life you know fitness i don't know okay okay we're not gonna say fitness because i don't know i wish somebody <laughs> could get me one of those resources. i ain't seen a gym in 2019 or 2020 well you love um, me so <laughs> Let me see. Um, what is a resource that I use a lot? I'm thinking of one. I want to see if I have something else. Um, I think one of the biggest things um, I don't hear a lot of people talk about is Reddit. Okay. And I've heard of that, but I don't know exactly what it is. So, yeah. It's like, how, how do you even explain? It's like, <laughs> uh, you remember forms back in the day where people would just like post it's kind of like that, but a more, yeah, okay. but a more like modern version of it. Okay. So um, there's so many of them. You can get the app. There's so, so, so many different, there's a, a group for everything on Reddit. So like literally entrepreneurship, people will go on there and they'll do a long post where they literally explain every single thing that they did. Like, hey, I have the idea to start a subscription box for dogs. And so I did this, I did that, I tried this. Like people will basically spill it. Kind of, it's kind of like being in a business group on Facebook, except a little different. You know what I mean? Like it's more focused on actually teaching uh, somebody how to do something, I guess you could say. So I would say that's kind of like an untapped resource for a lot of people. Yeah. And I'll look on there if I'm trying to get information on anything that, you know, um, might not be on google where i can like really get an individual person because again i like to hear from individual people from their experiences um so i'd say reddit 
And then outside of that, the second one is Facebook groups. Mm. I think Facebook groups are a great source of information um, because you can learn from the person that's leading the group and also from um, a per, you know, just people in the group. So for example, in my group, I basically have two free courses in the group for somebody to learn how to um, come up with their book ideas and actually how to publish their book and, and how to publish a journal. So you can get a lot of really good information um, from Facebook groups. And I love the search feature. I think a lot of people forget that though that exists, but there is a search box and you can literally go on there, type in what you're looking for and hit the button and you'll see so many people's uh, posts and experiences about that particular subject. So I'll start with those. Okay, thanks for that. That was a good tip though, because the search feature is probably, I wonder if we could call Facebook, like how many people use the search? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, it's underutilized. It is that underutilized. Is, it gets you right to the point instead of scrolling and scrolling and trying to figure it out, you know, so that. Yeah, I don't see people come into a group, they'll, you know, a, a group that they just joined and they'll have a question. Can somebody tell me how to do a candle business? And then people are like, there's literally hundreds of people in here who have candle businesses. Like, just look through the posts. But if you just search on candle, you'll see, you know, everything pop up. Um, so, yeah, I think, and it's funny because you don't really tend to think of a social media tool or platform as being something that you can actually learn from. But I think that now people are more open, you know, yeah. to sharing what they're doing. That's where you can also see where people are messing up. You know, again, circling back to seeing people's failures where you can see somebody posting their logo or their pictures for their brand. And you're like, Ooh, that the lighting is bad. And you can read the comments to see it's without you having to submit your own stuff and get shamed. You know, <laughs> you can let somebody else be like guinea pig <laughs> and you can learn from it. So, <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So before we let you go, would you like to share some information about any events or products, services that you have that you would like the listeners to know more about? Um, sure. So I, um, for people who are interested in writing a book, and I think a lot of people um, need to be writing books, then I do have a course. It's called Self-Publish Like a Pro. And you can find that course at publishwithcrystal.com. Outside of that, I have a Facebook group, free Facebook group, and it's called Six Figure Self-Publishing Secrets with Crystal Swain Bates. So those would be the two places I would suggest, especially if you're, again, you're thinking about writing a book. Um, even if you're nervous about it, you don't know what you would possibly write about, come into the group because it's, it's really a community in there. We uh, talk about, and I come in and I give people advice on, hey, you do this? girl, you can write a book on that, you know? So, <laughs> so those are the two, uh, the two things I would want to lead somebody to that's listening. Okay. Thank you for that. And I can attest, I am a member of the group and it is an excellent group. It, I think I had gotten a little complacent with continuing to write and this book has kind of, I mean, this group has kind of like, it's pushing me without even knowing. <laughs> like, it's like somebody's in my house, like, hey, what you doing? What you doing? You know, so it's <laughs> awesome. So I will, I highly um, recommend it and suggest it. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal, so much for joining us on She Leads Podcast, Leadership and Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate your time. We appreciate the transparency, the laughter, and just letting us <laughs> get to know more about you. 
thank you. Thank you for providing this platform, for having me on, for asking such great questions. And I'm super excited. I really hope that anyone that's listening, I hope that you were able to take something away from this. And I definitely had a great time. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. Please be sure to go to our Facebook page at She Leads Podcast to like or follow us. Also, let us know if this episode inspired you by leaving us a comment under the post for season six, episode two. Thanks. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.